Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. We're going to begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, every knee bows. Every knee bows. Every knee bows. And every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Father, in Jesus' name, Every knee bows. Every knee bows. Every knee bows. In Jesus' name. Every knee bows. In Jesus' name. Father, now let the power of my Father, be great. Let the power of my Father be great. And grant us repentance. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this, in your son's name, Jesus, amen. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, all that is within me, and forget not his benefits. Let's obey the word of God now, and let's worship God, blessing the Lord with all that's in you.
as a gift to me, gave my parents and me a big white Bible that was illustrated for children. The insides of it were kind of like a comic book, but it would have captions on the bottom, and it told a lot of the stories of Jesus. It was about this thick. And I read that book and looked at that book quite a bit. I looked at it growing up before I could read, and then once I read it, I could read the captions. I learned some things of that Bible, perceptions that I had to get rid of later. With looking at those, and I mean, I, I looked at that Bible. I probably had it half memorized by the time I was in elementary school. But I had a perception that all prophets had long beards. They wore short dresses. They always had this mantle over their arm, and they always had a foot on a rock. That was my perception of a prophet. My perception of Jesus was that everybody stood about six feet off from him. He, he, most of the time, he had to have only used one hand because the other one had this robe over it. So he went around doing all his works in one hand. That was a perception that I had as a child. Those perceptions were lies. They were not the truth. And I had to get rid of them later. But you see what perception will do for you. Something that is not the word of God will do. So before I start here, I want to ask you to put away all the perceptions that you have of Jesus. Every movie that you've seen, because they will give you false perception. Every book that you've read apart from the Bible. Every magazine that you've looked at. Every art depiction that you have gazed on. I want you to put them all aside. And today we are only going to look at what the Word of God says. And you will find it will get rid of some of your perceptions. I'm going to begin in 2 Corinthians 13. I'll tell you a story, and, and it'll lead right into this great. When I was in Frisco, I worshipped God at home alone. I had one of those kind of voices that you needed to worship God alone at home. But... I would sing, and God led me to, a song that Amy Grant did called El Shaddai. Have you ever heard it? And there was a day I was singing it, and some words, a line in the song, God anointed for me. And the line in the song was, your most awesome work was done in the frailty of your son. And when I sang that, at first I went, oh no. Oh, no, no. This line is false. Jesus was not frail. There was no frailty in Jesus. And God put that, that line, and it was anointed by the Spirit, and it kept bubbling up in my heart. Have you ever had where those words won't go away? Well, it wouldn't go away. So I went to the Bible to look. I said, that cannot be. And God led me to this verse, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 4. For though he was crucified, for though he was crucified through weakness, through weakness, when I saw that, I tell you what, I, I, was, I was dumbfounded. Through weakness. Now it's talking about Jesus because if you look at the line above, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, Christ speaking in me, 
which to you were just not weak, but mighty in you. For though he, so that goes right back to Jesus, though he was crucified through weakness, he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Now, let's turn to Hebrews 2. We're going to look at this man that was crucified in weakness. I'm going to begin in verse 16. Hebrews 2, 16. For verily he took on not him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. This is the writer of Hebrews talking about Jesus. Wherefore, in all things, all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. All things. Consider the word all. It behooved him. It says, wherefore in all things it behooved him. Do you know that word all? All means 100%. It doesn't mean 75%. It doesn't even mean 99.9%. All means all. In all things. All things, it behooved him. That word is obligated. Obligated. He owed it to us. Obligated. To. To be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. All things. That means that he couldn't have been any less than like us or any more than us. He couldn't have been because it behooved him. He was obligated to become like us. Why was he obligated? Because he can't tell you that you have to walk like him if he is anything above what you are. He can't. He was obligated to walk like we walk. He was obligated to be just like we are. He couldn't be part man and part God because then he turns around and says, we have to walk like him. It had been impossible. He was obligated to be like us. All things, 100% like us. Like us. Have you ever thought about that? Now, let's go on. That he might be a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered. Jesus suffered. You know, I had a perception of Jesus that frankly, when he was on the earth, he walked six inches off the ground. But it says here that Jesus suffered. Being tempted, he is able to succor to come to the aid of them that are tempted. I want you to real quickly go to Hebrews 5.10. We're going to take a look real quick here at Jesus. But you know what? Before I go there, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to go there. James 1.13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. You hear that verse? God cannot be tempted with evil. God cannot be tempted with evil. But we just read where Jesus was tempted. We just read where Jesus was tempted. 
What does that say about Jesus? He wasn't God. He wasn't God. God can't be tempted. Jesus was tempted. Now, how can that be? Let's go to Hebrews real quick. What did I say? Uh, 10.5? Hebrews 10.5. It says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, this is Jesus, he say, A sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. A body hast thou prepared me. The Father had a body for Jesus. A body just like ours. Just like ours. Now, we have Jesus in a body just like ours. Let's turn to Philippians 2, 6. And this is talking about Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant. You know what no reputation means? It means to be void, to be emptied, to be emptied. He emptied himself of all his heavenly ability, all his heavenly authority, all of it. So what is left? His spirit. His spirit. That's all that's left is his spirit. He has no godly abilities. He has a body like ours. But his spirit was the spirit of Jesus. The spirit that is the word of God. That spirit of Jesus. That's what was in that body. Now, let's turn to Hebrews 4. We're going to go to verse 14. Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points. There's that word all again. All. All points. Tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. You know you can be tempted, but you don't have to sin. You can be tempted up to here. Ever been there? Tempted up to here, but you don't sin. You don't sin. That's what Jesus was. Tempted in all points. All points. You know that thing you're tempted with? Jesus was tempted with it. It says all. Have you ever considered all in temptation? Have you ever considered what that man was tempted with? Have you ever considered what that man was tempted with? He became in all things like as we are. Well, Jesus could have never been tempted with fornication. Oh, really? Does that go under all? Well, Jesus was never tempted to steal something. Oh, really? Does that go under all? Well, Jesus was never tempted. Fill in the blank. Does that go under all? He was in all points tempted like as we are. Why? Because it behooved him. He was obligated to be like as we are. He was obligated it owed him 
to be like as we are. Do you see the love of God in this? Do you see when you are at your worst, at the bottom, tempted with what is in you, Jesus was obligated to do the same thing so he could be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. He knows how you feel. He knows where you're at. He has been there. And he is able to get you out. He is absolutely able to get you out because he was in the same situation that you're in. He had to be. He was obligated to do so. Now let's go back to 2 Corinthians. There is something else about this too. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, he was crucified through weakness. I was telling Doyle this morning, when I was a young teenager, I was in a denominational church and I listened to the pastor. I had a hunger and thirst in me for God that I couldn't explain. And frankly, I thought everybody had it and I found out they didn't. But I listened to the pastor. I listened to my Sunday school teachers. I listened to youth group because I wanted to know about God. And I remember being in my room as a young teenager thinking, well, this wasn't such a big deal for Jesus to go to the cross. He was God. He probably didn't even feel it. He probably just did it like he was, like he was taking a cup of coffee in a restaurant. Though he was crucified in weakness. Do you know being a man like us and having our temptations and our weaknesses that he felt every single thing on that cross? And you know he felt it for you. The pain of the sin on his body where he said, I can't even look up. That was your sin on him. And he felt every bit of it. He felt the nails. He felt the whip. He felt when God turned his back on him and it was your sin that he felt it for. It was your sin that he felt it for. But he felt it because he was a man. He endured the cross, every bone out of joint, carrying your and my sin on him. Felt it all because he was crucified in weakness. Do you see the love of God in this. He became your substitute on that cross. Your substitute. Not a representation for you. Your substitute. That should have been you up there. That should have been me up there. But Jesus humbled himself and became a man like us. He was obligated, owed it to us to do so. And he felt your punishment for you. He endured the cross for you. He went to hell for you. You know that man died? Do you know that man died? You know you can't kill God? Do you know God can't die? God cannot die. Jesus died. Have you ever considered that? Jesus died. 
He was a dead man. Not only that, he went to hell for my sin, for your sin. Endured every bit of it. Felt every bit of it. That was a man in hell. Should have been us. That was a man in hell. Because you can't kill God. And then God saw the sacrifice of a man, a man that took our place, our substitute, saw the sacrifice of his own son that behooved him to be made like unto us, saw the travail, travail. God doesn't have travail, but a man does. A man in hell travailing his soul. God saw it. Saw what he did for us. Saw that he humbled himself for us and went to the cross. Even the death of the cross humbled himself in obedience. And God saw it, saw it, and was satisfied with it. Was satisfied with it. Was satisfied he did it as a man. Was satisfied with it. That spirit in him is what is in us. God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. And like I said Thursday, gave us the assurance, the assurance with raising him from the dead that our sins have been forgiven. They've been paid for. Our sicknesses, diseases, been paid for. Our poverty, paid for. Assurance that this is so. I thank God. He was obligated to become like us. And then he was raised from the dead and we are raised with him. When you are born again, that spirit that did that, Jesus, and your spirit become one. And that same ability that Jesus was able to deal with on the cross, to walk, becomes one with us. One, do you know when you go through a situation, that spirit in you has already been through it? It's already been through it. No problem doing it again. He has no problem doing it again through you. He's already done it. When you are in that situation and you think there is no way out, that spirit that you are one with has already been through it. And he will lead you right through it again and again and again and again because he is able. He is able. Paul, would you come up? Paul is going to come up and sing. Jesus paid it all.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.